You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Just when you thought Tuesday sucked. Woof. Blech. Off and running on this Thursday, October 8th. Not great. Not great at all. Like the opposite of great. Like awful. Like terrible. Like garbage. Like horrendous. I'm just going to do this for the next 53 minutes. How many words I can come up with. Uh, Like uh, disastrous. Like disturbing. Like hideous. Like horrifying. Look at this garbage! Look at this garbage! Yeah. Look at this garbage. Look at this garbage we have to deal with. Yikes. Uh, This is... The Gordon Damer Show. This is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. I'm not referring to myself. I, I do when uh, I'm garbage, but no, I'm not garbage. But we got a lot of garbage to deal with, you know, like uh, the next 60 minutes to run through it all. Of course, you know the deal. I will certainly, I can say this much. I can certainly say that you will see a better effort for me than uh, you know who from last night. So, of course, let's dive right in. The number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I'm on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question is, why is life terrible? No, we we won't go with that one today. We'll go with something different, and uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, obviously the headline today, what I'm referring to, is uh, the Yankees from last night. Their worst performance of the playoffs so far in a critical Game 3 against the Rays. And Yankees didn't show up in a multitude of ways. Tampa wins 8-4, so they were up two games to one and could obviously clinch tonight. Game four, a game you can hear right here on 98.7 FM with our coverage getting underway at uh, 7 o'clock. So the story of last night, if you were to say the story of last night, it would be a once upon a time, Masahiro Tanaka was terrible. Then the bullpen made it worse, and the lineup basically did nothing. That's the story. The that's the story of the night last night, with a little, you know, a little subplot of the umpires being uh, awful once again. And I actually think that the while it wasn't as consistently awful as it was in Game Two, it was actually more impactful last night. But we will get to that as well. So you could tell pretty much right from the start last night that Masahiro Tanaka was not very good. Now. For all the talk about Game 2 and the decision of Game 2 and going with an opener and going to J-Hap, last night you still, even as bad as Game 2 was, you had it exactly as you wanted it. You had your seemingly big playoff game, big game pitcher on the mound in a critical Game 3, as they showed you in the broadcast last night, you know, winner of Game 3 in a best-of-five series, the winner of that game goes on to win the series, I think it's 72% of the time. They showed you that in between shots of base cam, which has to be the stupidest thing. Even as bad as the Yankees' decision is, I think base cam is even dumber, but uh, whatever. Uh, But you saw right away last night the Masahiro Tanaka was not very good. But you were hoping, right, experience, veteran, maybe he settles down. He got a fantastic play by Aaron Judge in right field to end the first inning. Needed basically all of his six foot seven frame to reel in a catch almost behind his back. Fantastic job to keep the game scoreless. And you were hoping, all right, maybe Tanaka figures it out as he goes along, right? Sometimes that happens. A pitcher doesn't look very, especially a veteran, doesn't look good early. But if you don't get to him early, you can't get the chance to get to him late. But then the second inning, Rays get on the board, an RBI single by uh, Perez. Okay, one nothing. You know, at that point, that's not great. But again, game's not going to stay that way. Yankees aren't going to lose a game one nothing, so the Yankees uh, they tie it up. 
and they loaded the bases in the third and they tied up on an Aaron Judge sack fly. And let's be honest, Aaron Judge has not been good in this series. He has actually been invisible. And last night, at least he had a productive out, but that's not really what you were expecting there. You know, to think to yourself, well, at least he didn't, you know, embarrass himself. At least he didn't strike out on a pitch of foot outside. That's not a great sign. So, yes, it was great uh, at least they got something out of that in the sack fly. but And that's not the, really the, the, the main point of that inning. But you're hoping in a big spot with your big bat at the, at the plate that he would come through with more than that. But he ties the game. He gets the sack fly. Hicks walks out a war, or works out a walk, and then it brings up Luke Voigt, who again has not really done a whole lot in this series. You know, when you look at the Yankee lineup and all of a sudden the uh, struggles of that Yankee lineup, the guys you focus on are the big guys, and, and two of them are clearly Aaron Judge as well as Luke Voigt. So Luke Voigt. All of a sudden, it looks like Charlie Morton, who had been cruising along up until that point, is running into a little trouble. He's not feeling comfortable pitching out of the stretch. So he runs the count to 3-0. and And you're thinking to yourself, all right, here we go. Big inning. Giancarlo Stanton is on deck. Now, there's two outs at this point. But still, this is your chance. This is a chance to really break through and set the tone. Even though Tanaka has not been good, get him a lead. And get rolling here. Chance for the big inning. This is how big innings come about. And the home plate umpire blows the ball four call as Voigt reaches down to undo his uh, little ankle protection there. And I don't know if that's what made the umpire call a strike on that pitch because he didn't like to be, I guess, shown up, whatever. But that was uh, called a strike. And then the next pitch is also called a strike. So now it's 3-2. Voigt grounds out. End of inning. So that's not great. It's not great. Because, yeah, as again, you know, it's not just that Voigt clearly walked. It's the opportunity lost of having your hit is hottest hitter come up in that spot. And now it's not just about taking a lead. You're thinking there, you get Stanton up in that spot with the way he's hit. Maybe he strikes out. Maybe maybe this is the time he makes it out. But maybe this is the chance for him to really blow the game wide open. And who knows how the game changes at that point. So then you move on to the fourth. Rays put a man on and an even more egregious call by the home plate umpire Mark Carlson. Because you get to a point in that at bat that absolutely should have been a, a strike three and it should have been a strike him out, throw him out, double play to instead of having runners at first and second, nobody out, it turns out to be a, a pitch that is clearly strike three. Clearly. It's not any debate. It's not, oh, that's kind of, you could see this, but no, that's strike three. If it's strike three, the runner stealing from first to second is out on the double play and it's a completely different inning. Instead, it's first and second, nobody out, and the struggles of Masahiro Tanaka, which had been pretty well defined at this point, uh, get a whole lot worse because then Kevin Kiermeyer comes up and hit a th- hits a three-run home run. It's pretty much, at that point, good night nurse. So uh, Rosarina, he hits another home run, his daily home run, which at this point I'm surprised Major League Baseball has not uh, sponsored. Have it brought to you by Utz or something. I mean, they, they can make a dollar or two out of this. They should be trying to squeeze out every last penny. 
But, you know, Yankees had some other opportunities. They got back. They got a run back at one point, making it 5-2 within striking distance. You know, circular lineup. Unfortunately, the circular lineup, uh, time has become a flat circle for the Yankees' circular lineup. So it's the Yankees' offense. You think, all right, maybe you can get something, and Stanton did have a home run late. But, unfortunately, he's the only guy really doing anything on a consistent basis. And the pitching is just simply not good enough. Masahiro Tanaka last night stunk. That's the only other way you can put it. You know, that was the guy you were hoping for a big performance. And he was bad. Chad Green came in, one of the guys that apparently within the circle of trust, and he blew that up. Looks like he wants out of that circle as badly as possible because he gives up a big home run for two runs there. So the Yankees season is now on the line. And it's on the line. And Jordan Montgomery is the guy who is going to be pitching. He's going to be the guy on the mound. So excuse me, uh, because I think I just vomited in my mouth a little bit. And let me just say this. I I know that the, the, the narrative has been built already. If the Yankees go out and lose tonight, even if they were to win tonight and go on to a Game 5, the narrative has been set if the Yankees lose this series that Game 2, the decision in Game 2, is what changed the series. The Yankees tried to outsmart the Rays. The Yankee Brain Trust did something stupid. Uh, I will just say this. Last night, you got exactly what, as bad as that decision was, and we all kind of agree for different reasons why that decision was stupid, you got exactly what you wanted going into last night. You got Tanaka, your big money pitcher, your big guy, your your postseason guy, on the mound with extra rest, right? After after the, the, the performance against the Indians. And maybe you can chalk up the Indians' performance because there was the rain delays and it was a little strange and all that type of stuff. Last night, that's on Tanaka. He looked terrible. And that was the guy that you were counting on. This is the way you drew it up. And you got the guy that you wanted in a critical game three, and he stunk. And he stunk. So I know that the narrative has already been set that, you know what, the series was lost after game two. I would just simply say don't believe that, mainly because it's not true. You had a chance last night to go out and win. You had a a chance to go out there and perform. And a multitude of players did not. So I I think it's ridiculous that people will point to that Game 2 decision and say that it had some impact on Game 3. So you're saying that the, that impact, that, ga- that, that decision had impact on Masahiro Tanaka? So Masahiro Tanaka stunk because Jay Happ was bad the day before? That doesn't make any sense. Somebody's going to need to explain that to me. You're telling me Chad Green was bad because of a decision made to go to uh, Jay Happ in the second inning of a playoff game? The Yankees' decision to go with an opener in that game, that impacted Chad Green? It impacted the Yankees' bats. The Yankees' bats, oh, you know what? We'd like to get hits, but yesterday the Yankees, uh, the team did something that, that they put Jay Happ in, in the second inning, so I guess we can't get away. Did the, did the Jay Happ decision also affect the home plate ump? I, I get it. It's as bad a look as you can have from that game, too. But again, Yankees got exactly how they drew it up. It might not have been ideal, right? It's a 1-1 series instead of 2-0. But you had your big game, big postseason pitcher on the mound, and he fell apart. There's no other way to put it. Tanaka was terrible. He struck out the first two guys, and then I think he gave up eight hits in four innings. And he gave up two home runs. So there's no other way. Everybody can build whatever narrative they want. 
if the Yankees do go out and lose tonight or lose in Game 5 or whatever, to me, that did not lose the series. You don't lose a series when you're leading one game to none by losing Game 2, no matter what fashion you lose it, because you still have Game 3 and... Believe it or not, you still have Game 4. So if you're going to point to Game 2 as the reason why the Yankees lost that series, to me, that's narrative building by the media, by fans, by whoever, and it's excuse-making by anyone involved in the team. You have more than enough opportunities to go out and beat the Rays, and last night you didn't do it. And now tonight you have to do it. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number, 1-800-919-3776. Now, uh, we've picked through that decision in Game 2. I actually, I think, I think uh, there was even part of it that I can't believe, and I can't really believe. I'd like to ask the Yankees. So wait a sec. This is the way you drew this up. I'm flustered. I'm, uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I'm very honest, and uh, I'm a little ticked off today after watching that last night. I thought maybe Tanaka would uh, put up. I didn't expect him to be classic Tanaka, go out there and you know give up one run over seven innings, but I did thought, think that he would put up a representative start and kind of keep you in the game, and uh, he was not able to do that. And for what level he did keep you in the game, Chad Green came in and said, no, to hell with that. I'm going to even hand it over even worse. And then the Yankee lineup, of course, was uh, not good again. So a poll question, I didn't mention it in the open, but the poll question is up on uh, old uh, Twitter. At Gordon Damer, does the Yankee season end tonight? It's Game 4, a game we will have right here on 98.7 FM ESPN New York coming up at 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, You can either go with a yep or nope. Uh, I don't expect the Yankees to win tonight just because I've been down this road before. I've seen this movie before, and uh, there's a lot of tropes that I have seen before in other movies that have been done in different ways, and I'm not going to be burned once again. But I do have some confidence, I guess, in, in one way. And before we get to tonight, I, I just want to I, I just want to walk through this with you maybe a little bit. So help me out here. The game two decision, which will you know I, I said I said that had no impact on last night, but the game two decision, I, I just want to make sure I have this right because Montgomery is starting tonight, and I would I would expect that he's going to have it's going to be all hands on deck tonight, with the exception of Garrett Cole. So. The Yankees, when they drew up this idea to use Garcia in Game 2 and then go to Hap, if Montgomery were to pitch well tonight, if things were to go according to plan for the way the and the Yankees are planners, right? They draw it up ahead of time. They, they script the games, all this type of stuff. But let me get this right. So if things go according to their plan, then they would have Davey Garcia basically pitch one inning in the series. Right? I mean, like, I expect Garcia is going to pitch at some point tonight, but I also expected that when you did that with Garcia in Game 1, that's not going to take him out of the the mix for Game 4, that he would get the Game 4 start. Maybe you you draw it up to have Tanaka pitch Game 3 because of the postseason resume and all that kind of stuff, but you'd have to say after Garrett Cole, Garcia's probably been, like, your best pitcher. So that's the way they drew it up. If Montgomery goes out there and pitches well tonight, now I don't have a high level of confidence in that. I think that by the third inning, the Yankees are going to be into the bullpen. And Garcia, I would think, is going to be one of those guys. But just on the way that they drew it up, they if, if things go according to plan, they would have Davey Garcia pitch one inning. Woof. Just when you thought the Game 2 decision was bad. 
So the reason why I have a little bit of optimism tonight, and I will say that I want to make it clear because I don't know if I made it clear in the opening second. The Yankees did not lose because of the umpires. That, to me, is just an excuse. That's like saying Game 2 impacted Game 3. To me, that's a BS excuse. And I think Jay Happ used it as an excuse. It's an excuse. When you say something, you say, look, I'm not using this as an excuse, but this is why it happened. To me, that's an excuse. So I think that Jay Happ, for all the talk about, well, you know, Jay Happ wasn't using it. No, he did. He used it as an excuse. I'm not on board. I was. I made my feelings clear. I'll let Brian. Ca- uh, I'll let uh, Aaron Boone. <laughs> I confused Aaron Boone and uh, Brian Cashman there. Uh, how did I ever do that? That's using it as an excuse. So the reason why I think I I have some level of confidence for tonight is I do expect the Yankees to score some runs tonight. Aaron Judge has been bad, as I said, and that's a big deal. Yeah, that's a that's a major part that you are kind of counting on. Probably the biggest part uh, outside of Stanton that you're counting on, and he has not been good in the series uh, offensively. Had a chance in Game 2, even as bad as the decision was, even as big a deal as that was, ninth inning, he was the go-ahead run, and he did not perform, and he has been pretty much AWOL in the series. So it's all well and good. Before the series to talk a good game, you have to go out and actually play a good game. So pressure is privilege. Yeah, well, go out and and hit a home run. (laughs) Go out and get a big two-run hit tonight and put the Yankees up early on. He was able to do that in the Indian series, right? Four pitches in. Yankees had a 2-0 lead. Need something similar to that tonight. Luke Voigt. Yes, he should have walked yesterday, but he's got to step up. He's been pretty invisible in the series. Glaber Torres's numbers, they look pretty good, but he's not had a major impact in the series. And Clint Frazier, if he gets an at-bat, his at-bats in the series have not been very good outside of the home run. So if he gets an at-bat tonight, or whoever plays left field is going to have to come through, and I expect it's going to be, I expect it's going to be Gardner again. But if Frazier gets a big at-bat late in the game, he's got to come through. Gary Sanchez might very well be, with the way things are going, this might very well be the last at-bat of Gary Sanchez. So there's some Yankee fans who will celebrate that fact. So I do expect them to go out and score some runs tonight. The, the real issue I have is, as I said, this is an all-hands-on-deck kind of game, and I have no faith in the person who was pushing the buttons, and that would be Aaron Boone. You have to have Aaron Boone push all the right buttons tonight. Multiple buttons. It would be one thing if it were just one button here and one button there, but no, there's going to be a lot of decisions within this game for tonight if it does not go perfectly, right? If Jordan Montgomery doesn't go out there and pitch five scoreless innings or six innings of one-run ball, which I don't think anybody expects, then you're going to have to be just looking at it going in. You expect, right, third inning. There's a runner on, two guys on, one out. It could be getting into the bullpen at that point. So I don't have a whole lot of faith that Aaron Boone is going to push all the right buttons, and this is the type of game where you need somebody to push all the right buttons. Kevin Cash, he's pushed all the right buttons, and I have a whole lot more faith in him doing it than I do in Aaron Boone. So we'll see how things go tonight. I will say one more thing uh, after the, the whole way this series is gone. If they go out tonight and lose, there's no other way to put it. It's not just bad. They look soft. They look mentally soft. It's all well and good when things are going well, right? You, you jumped on the Indians right away and you rolled to a couple of wins there and, and game one, everything went well. and Okay, this is adversity and you got to step up. You can't wilt. So last year, you know, they won game one against the Astros. They lost the next three. 
Two years ago, they won, what was it, game two against the Red Sox to even the series. Judges play in New York, New York. And the next game, the Red Sox came out and scored 500 runs. So this has not been, uh, it's been a quick turn from the level of confidence you had after game one to where we stand going into game four tonight. But now it's time for the Yankees to respond. The Rays have responded in the series. It's time for you to respond in the series. So there's another way to put it. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's get some phone calls involved because we're going to do headlines today. We pushed it off yesterday. And at least so far, you know, there's a higher level of confidence than I thought in the Yankees. Now, in terms of the poll question, there's still more people thinking they're going to lose tonight. I can understand that after the way the last couple of nights have gone. And just... Just how the series has kind of gone. But this is the time for you to step up. You can't go out in game four and not look soft. And if you go out at any point, even if you lose in game five, the 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 amount of criticism the Yankees are going to have for losing to the Rays is going to be off the charts. And I understand that. That's part of the deal. But you can't go out tonight and look like you did last, last night was bad. The pitching was bad. The bullpen was bad. The offense was bad. The defense didn't really show up that much last night. But you have to go out there tonight and win a game. You have to be able to force a Game 5 in this series. Otherwise, you're going to get crushed. You'll get crushed anyway, but if, if you go out and lose tonight, the, the criticism will be much more fair. one 800 espn is the phone number. We'll go to the phones. Eli is in Queens. Eli, what's going on, my man? Hey, Lord, listen, man. I have an advice for Hank Steinbrenner. Hal Steinbrenner. Hank, Hank, is, Hank, Hank is no longer with us. Hal Steinbrenner. I mean, uh, Hal, sorry. Uh, listen. He should go to Tampa Bay. First of all, fire Brian Cashman, Aaron Boone, all the analytical staff in New York. Go to Tampa Bay and offer that GM and his staff the bank. Because when you come to think of it, it will bring us a chip and it will save them tons of money. Because these guys are geniuses. They do so much and they have... Oh, what is it, a $50 million payroll? Yep. That is insane. So, and, and then you have all these guys, like you said, are mentally soft and can't perform. And they get, you know, they, they get contracts that are, are, you know, high and they're not performing. So, it's, I'll tell you how Stan Brenner, listen, go to Tampa Bay and offer these guys the bank. Because tell you the truth, this guy needs the Jerry Reese treatment, Cashman. Yeah, you got us, uh, you know, one championship, but what you're doing right now is not working. Well, look, I don't think that they're going to fire Brian Cashman, Eli. Thanks for the call. Uh, with the way this series ends, I do think there's going to have to be changes. I mean, you can't keep going out there every single year uh, and, and losing even before the World Series. You know, it's one thing to lose in the World Series. If you were to lose in the World Series every single year, there'd still be criticism because you're not winning the ultimate goal. But at least you'd, you know, when when 2017 came along and the Yankees got as far as they did to the championship series, a game within the World Series, and you decided to move off the manager and kind of go in this new direction, the the optimism was very, very high. And if I had told you back then that we would be sitting in 2020 and the Yankees had still not won a World Series, had not even appeared in a World Series, you would think, wait a second, what the heck's going on? And I don't think that they're going to fire Brian Cashman. Uh, Boone, I don't, you know, who knows, but. The one thing you'd have to say is, for an organization that considers themselves so smart, there are people doing it. In, you're not as smart as everybody else. 
right? You're not as smart as the Red Sox. The Red Sox were smarter than you. The Astros have been smarter than you. The Dodgers have been smarter than you. And now it certainly seems like the Rays, the Rays are clearly smarter than you. The Rays are smarter than everybody. So you're not as smart as you think you are. That, that is mu- and, and you have to figure out where it is that you're getting it wrong. Because it seems like there's a lot more organizations that uh, when it comes to the actual goal, w- winning a title, they've been smarter than you've been. Let's go to uh, Richard is in Manhattan. Richard. Gordon, game two. Yankees are losing 7-3. to three. Mm-hmm. In the seventh and eighth inning, this guy Anderson is throwing beanies, BBs. 22 pitches, four strikeouts, six up, six down. Inexplicably, Cash takes him out in the ninth. The Yankees get a gift. Ninth inning, this guy Fairbanks comes in. Yankees are trailing 7-3. He walks the first two batters. I think it was Urshela and Torres. He's not even close to the plate. Big guy, big right-handed, throwing wildly. I've never seen a pitcher come in like, maybe I have, I just don't remember. He, is, he got one or two, one strike. I remember the whole Yankee dugout erupted. And then I think Ursh, uh, Torres check swinged, and the umpire called it, or the first base called him not a swing, even though it was a swing because he wanted to make up for the bad call. The right, pitch, the pitch anyway, before. okay. Yep. First and second, no out, Frazier up. I blame Aaron Boone for what happened, and that's how they lost the game. This guy throws two pitches to Frazier, not near the plate, not near it. And what does Frazier do on 2-0? and He swings. Now, I know that the common refrain is he might throw it down the uh, cookie down the middle of the plate. You got to let Frazier swing. He, that's my point. He couldn't throw the ball down the plate. Why would you swing? You make him throw two strikes. The guy could not throw a strike. So what does Frazier do? He strikes out on five pitches. And then, of course, and now the guy's got his mojo back. So I don't even blame Sanchez for striking out on three pitches because the Yankees allowed this guy to get back in the game. They, he did not have to swing 2-0 because of the old uh, baseball bromide or whatever Boone has got in his DNA baseball thing. It doesn't apply at that moment. At that moment, you can see the guy was nowhere near the play. I would have taken two strikes on this guy and only swung when I had two strikes on me. So, Richard, I mean, you don't want to put him in a position where he's 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 just simply looking for a walk. I mean, Frazier is a is a potent bat, and if he sees a pitch, and I, I, look, I could be wrong. I have to go back and look. I thought that the pitch two zero was actually a pretty good pitch to do some damage, and he fouled it back. Uh, so, what's that? It was high. It w- you don't want to put who in a position. Frazier, Frazier yeah, the batter, right? You don't want to be him. You want him to be proactive. You don't want him to be reactive. Yeah, no, I want this pitcher to prove to me he could throw a strike. Why would I even attempt to swing at the ball? He hasn't proven it in 12 pitches. The one strike call he got, the whole Yankees. Because if you're going to get a good pitch to hit, 2-0 is probably going to be a good pitch to hit, and it was a fastball. point, he could not throw a good pitch. You're still not following me. You're but he did throw. Your... He threw good pitches in no, that he... bat because he struck out. He struck out because he was swinging a bit. Not one of those five pitches were a strike. You go back and check. He gave the, 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 the strike two was strike two no, looking. it wasn't, Gordon. And it was yes, borderline. it was. I, I pulled it up. Here. I got it right here. Gordon, it was borderline. It was ball one, ball two, two sliders. The third pitch was a foul ball. Fact that he swung it 2-0. Uh, it looks like it was a strike. Now, Gordon, 2-0, you don't swing. 
you're taking. They do swing, but Richard, they do swing because you in that spot you're not looking for a walk with one of your big batters. And and look, the Yankees, I don't know whether they think Clint Frazier's a big batter or not, but he is. He's a power bat. They 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 put people in position two and zero. Oh, you get a pitch to hit, and the night before was the night before was it game one? Game one, Frazier hit that pitch that was up in his eyes and or his shoulders, and he hit it for a home run. It have to do with this guy. He was throwing way out I get of it. I get you it. Let but... him off the hook. And then what did he do with Cush Sanchez? He got his mojo back, and boom. But he was Sanchez swung three pitches when the ball was in the catcher's mitt. I mean, it was yeah, ridiculous. Sanchez's bats are terrible. The, the, well, that's because, but I don't blame Sanchez. No, I don't. I do. No, I blame Sanchez. No, I know. No. I'm not blaming him for the guy previous to. No, uh, no. I, look, even Richard, thanks for the call. Even um, even with uh, Frazier str- striking out there, and it was yeah um, ninety eight, it was a it was a called strike. Now I don't re- I don't remember I, I I thought it was I thought that was actually a good pitch there because it was kind of like inside and it looks like the chart here is kind of inside too. Um, and then uh, the 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 last pitch was a, a, a swinging strike. Uh, that one I don't think was a was an actual strike, but. In that position, given how CB Buckner was calling the game, if it's too close, you got to you got to swing, you got to protect. And uh, it was a four seam fastball, ninety nine. Uh, it looked like uh, up from the picture here. It looks like it was on the black. I thought it was outside watching at home, but Clint Frazier can't take that pitch at that point because of the inconsistencies of the home plate umpire, and it very well would have been called strike three anyway. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Greg is in East Meadow. Greg, what's going on, man? Hi, Gordon. Hey. Yeah, this this year, well, listen, obviously the pitching has been brutal. I picked Tampa and Ford before the series, by the way. The pitching's been brutal. Tanaka was leaving everything up in the zone. All those singles that were being hit, they very well could have been home runs. I mean, I was grateful that they were just turning into singles initially. Uh, I mean, he was leaving everything right in the middle. And listen... Tampa's more than the sum of its parts, and the Yankees aren't. The Yankees' peak was in 2017. That's as good as it's going to get for this team. This team has flawed DNA. They're not mentally tough. Their big bats don't show up in big spots. Aaron Judge is abysmal. I mean, you know, he's a guy that's really big. You know what? But, but you know what? It's turning out that he's really not a big moment guy, at least not in the playoffs. And um, their bullpen has been really bad. It's just not it, – this, this team is, like I said, they just have flawed DNA. Tampa Bay won 40 games for a reason. That's why I picked them in four. They seem to be much more mentally tough. You know, these guys all step up. When you have Kim Meyer outperforming Aaron Judge, that tells you the whole, you know, that tells you everything you need to know. And, you know, as, as far as the circular lineup, yeah, you know, you know what else looks like a circle? A zero. Yeah, that's true. It's a good line, Greg. I wish I would have thought that one myself. Yeah, unfortunately, the, that, that to me, that is still as bad as the pitching was. Yet. Yesterday, to me, was on Tanaka and was on uh, Green coming in as well. But a lot of these games, and I feel like it's been the story in, in past years, maybe not so uh, – game two, I think it was, on the lineup. Uh, not so much the pitching. The lineup is, is, is the one area that the Yankees are supposedly have the hammer, and uh, they have not had the hammer in this series. Like, the bullpen in most years has been a strength for the Yankees, and, and sometimes it fails in the playoffs, and it has failed in the playoffs. This year, I didn't look at it as a strength coming in. So that's why the offense had to be the ones that carried, uh, carried the ball – uh, kind of across the goal line, and, and the offense the last two nights has not been good enough. And Gordon, let me ask you a question. Let's say somehow the Yankees, you know, are, hand, are handing a lead off with a, with say even a two run lead in the ninth inning. 
Chapman hasn't pitched. I would fully expect him to blow up tonight. He well, look, the, the, the way this – put me in that spot, though. I mean, give, oh, give me – that's the one of the absolutely. few guys I actually trust out of that bullpen. I don't – listen, I would love to see the bull get it. You know, I would love to see him get the ball when it's a run lead, but I'm going to tell you right now, you know the way he sweats bullets? We'll be sweating bullets because he hasn't pitched. He's going to be wild, and it's going to lead to a crazy inning where if the Yankees get out of it, they'll be lucky, truthfully. I, 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 I hope it gets to that. But I can only imagine that is the outcome. And one last thing, Gordon, real quick. If anybody is still arguing against an electronic strike zone at oh this my point, God. You're, you are morons. That, that, Greg, Period. the only good thing, and thanks for the call, Greg, that will come out, usually you bring up an electronic strike zone, and I've been hammering this for the last couple of years. When you bring it up to baseball fans, when you bring it up to Yankee fans, you bring it up to whatever baseball fan you are a team of, uh, they jet the general reaction is oh no I don't know I don't have a computer oh, I don't want to get it. Oh, no, no. all you have to do is put together a highlight reel or a low light reel of the last couple of nights it has been abysmal and last night while it was not as many calls as uh, as game two I mean C B Buckner I mean it was it was every inning and the, the as I always bring up if you know the umpire's name right off the top of your Chances are he's terrible. Last night, though, not as many bad calls, but they were far more impactful in the game. Third inning, Yankees had a chance to break it open. They should have taken a lead just on based on what happened. And then if you just kind of extrapolate a little bit beyond that, just on what actually happened, should have taken a 2-1 lead there. And then if you just extrapolate a little bit, then you have Stanton coming up, and you could really have a chance. To, that could be a completely different game. And then you just go to the next inning, the top of the next inning. Should have been a strike him out, throw him out. Just based on what happened, it's not three-run home run. Brown a roll fire. Swing and a ball driven in the air out to center field. Going back, Bellinger, back some more, back some more, leaps, and he made the grab. What a catch. Bellinger stole a homer that would have given the Padres the lead. What a play. All right, there's the call from the uh, Dodgers game last night, uh, beating the Padres. Cody Bellinger going over the fence, robbing a home run there. John Shambi, that was that Shambi. It didn't really sound. It didn't have yeah, like Shambi. classic Shambi call to it. Didn't sound like him. But John Shambi, the call. Brian's telling me that. So if it's wrong, blame him. If it's right, all credit goes to me. That's the way it works. That's just the way it works. Uh, it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is ninety-eight point seven FM, ESPN New York, one 919 ESPN is the uh, phone number, and uh, we'll continue to take your phone calls. Poll question today is uh, pretty simple: Does the Yankee season end tonight? And at least early on, voters had a little sense of optimism. That uh, optimism is quickly... Maybe it's the sleep kind of wearing off. Maybe the coffee has not kicked in just yet. But that optimism is starting to wear off. And I can understand why. I think I would say, if I had a vote... Yeah, I'd probably vote, uh, yeah, that it ends tonight. I do expect the offense to put up some runs tonight. My concern is, and just... Look, if the Yankees can pre-script the games, right, the brain trust, they know how this pitching lanes and all these different types of terms, well, then I can kind of draw it up in my own mind too. Trust me, the things that go on in my mind, they're far more out there. So I can understand why uh, you know people don't have a high level of confidence. It does kind of feel like this season's going to end tonight, and the, the real area where you don't have any confidence is that you know going in it's going to be an all-hands-on-deck kind of game. 
that Jordan Montgomery, while it might get the start, by the fifth inning, you might forget that Jordan Montgomery was the starter because it's going to be this guy's in, that guy's in, everybody's going to pitch. First sign of trouble, be proactive, get that guy out. And I just don't have a whole lot of confidence in Aaron Boone in that situation. You know, I'm sure Aaron Boone does have strengths as a manager. The Yankees have been a good team in his tenure and not been able to break through in the playoffs, but I don't have a high level of confidence in him hitting all the pushing all the right buttons. Is not one of the areas where I think uh, I feel good about uh, Aaron Boone. But of course, Game Four is tonight. It's at seven o'clock. We'll have it right here on ninety-eight point seven FM ESPN New York. We didn't do it yesterday, but today is Thursday instead of Wednesday. But it is still time for headlines. Today's headlines. Extra, extra. All right, Domino's delivery worker caught on camera rubbing ice cream on his crotch. Domino's sells ice cream? I didn't know Domino's sells ice cream. I see they have these commercials where they they're selling uh, taco burger, their taco pizzas and burger beats pizzas, and they have like that one ad where they're like, "Well, you know, the only place to get a burger is Domino's." So what you're saying is I can't get a burger anymore? I think I can still get a burger. If if your last resort is to get a Look, Domino's, it fills a need. I don't think they're a sponsor. Everybody has it. They know, you know the scenario where Domino's comes in handy. But I don't know that necessarily when I'm looking for a taco or a burger, I'd say, you know what? I got to go to Domino's. Moving on. Extra, extra. Eminem fan in Scotland sets Guinness record for most tattooed portraits of the same musician. Has there been an organization that has allowed and encouraged people more? to just waste sections of their life than the Guinness uh, record book. That group, whoever, I don't know if it's a guy, I don't know if it's a series of people. I mean, who cares? Who cares? What was the old record? Nobody cares. What's the new record? Nobody cares. All to get your name printed in some book someplace. It's very, very, you can write a book. I'm sure if you go to Google and say, how can I write a book? It will tell you the steps that you need to take to write a book. You don't need to be in the Guinness record book. It's kind of meaningless now. Imagine explaining that to somebody. Well, why do you have all these tattoos? Well, I wanted to get in the Guinness book of world records. Drinking coffee before breakfast could have a negative effect on your health. Look, it's not an option. I mean, do you really have a choice on that? Everybody drinks. Once you get on the coffee train, then it's like Hotel California. You can check out any time you want, but you can never leave. You have to drink it. And the way I get around that is coffee is the breakfast. I don't actually eat breakfast. I just have the coffee. So, ha-ha. I'm hurting my health in other ways, too. Look at that. Rare albino shark found. Fisherman calls it the fish of a lifetime. Yeah, this fish really weird looking. So what they did, because it's a fish of a lifetime, is they killed it. No, they didn't kill it. They actually threw it back. Very good for them. And then uh, the other uh, story that I saw this week that I thought was interesting. Upstate New York grandparents. Kidnapped to Canada, ransomed for $3.5 million in cocaine. Well, that is a jam-packed. There's a lot to unpack in that headline. You got cocaine, apparently a lot of cocaine, grandparents kidnapping Canada, ransoms. I would just simply say that person really loves their grandparents. I mean, 3.5, that feels very, very high for two people. Now, it's two people, it's grandparents, and, uh, you know, but feels high, right? Extra, Is that extra. wrong to say? 3.5 3.5 for Mima and Pipa? I don't know. I think Mima and Pipa are going to be in a little trouble. This week in Florida, man. 
Florida man claims he did nothing wrong by requesting a ballot for his dead wife. Why that sound effect? Was that a mishit? Yeah, I think that was a mishit. It happens. I'd like the Yankees to get some sort of hit. They're having a whole lot of mishits. Florida man arrested after trying to carjack four different drivers. Extra, extra. At first, you don't succeed. You got to keep trying. Stick with it. Florida man arrested after using Bible as a weapon. Extra, extra. Florida man arrested after his pickup lands on top of a police cruiser. Woo! That's unfortunate. Florida man arrested after stealing condoms at a CVS. Woo! Uh, Florida man barber arrested after shooting two clients who missed their appointments. Extra, extra. And then finally, Florida man tries to tow both his boat and his camper at the same time. Yeah, that didn't work out well for him, as you could have probably imagined. All right, that's headlines for this week. Yankees lose to the Rays last night, so now it's backs against the wall time. It's game four tonight, a game we'll have right here, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. And look, tonight's game might be a collector's item. It might be the last one for the Yankees for quite some time. And it's not looking good. Last night was bad all the way around, you know, as bad as the decision was. In Game 2, and for all the talk that Game 2 changed the momentum of the series, which I think is absolute crap and a complete excuse given to the team. Because you had last night, going into the night, exactly what you wanted, the way you drew up the season. The reason why Masahiro Tanaka was not the starter in Game 2 was he's the big game pitcher, you want to give him a little extra rest, and you want him for that critical Game 3, and there's no other way to put it Masahiro Tanaka last night was terrible. He was bad early. He didn't last all that long. He got the first two guys out in the game, and after that gave up eight hits and four innings and gave up a couple of home runs. So the way you drew it up, you got what you wanted. Maybe not 1-1, but you got your big many, big pitcher, postseason guy, experienced veteran on the mound in game three, and he just wasn't any good. And then you went to the bullpen, and Chad Green made it worse. And if that was not bad enough, the offense, again, did not step up, did not perform. And now you find yourself in the situation that you're in. So I guess let's hear from Aaron Boone, uh, because I wouldn't be doing my duty as a talk show host without playing at least a little bit of sound. So here's Aaron Boone, probably against my better judgment. What are your expectations going into Game 4, Aaron? I expect us to respond in a, in a great way. I, I know they'll be ready to go. I know they'll be excited if, for the challenge. I know they'll expect to come in here and get a W. All right. Uh, I do expect tonight, and that's the poll question today, what uh, do you expect the Yankee season will uh, end tonight? And I think so far most people 60-40 think that it will. I do expect the offense to come through tonight. Maybe that's a foolish uh, thing for me because it's not come through the last couple of nights outside of Giancarlo Stanton. But I do think pressure situation backs against the wall. The Yankees will score some runs tonight. The problem is, even if you score some runs tonight, this is pretty clearly with Jordan Montgomery going, a game in which the manager is going to have to be on the top of his game. And it's a game where the manager is going to have to hit all the right buttons, push all the right buttons. I don't have a lot of confidence in Aaron Boone hitting a lot of right buttons, never mind all the right buttons. And that's the type of game tonight's going to be. You know that Jordan Montgomery, if he makes it to the fourth inning, would be a surprise. Because if the Yankees fall behind, they're going to be into that bullpen. The bullpen hasn't been a strength. And Aaron Boone has pretty well – look, he's not been here all that long, but it's been pretty well documented. He's he's slow on the switch a lot of times. He doesn't have a real good feel sometimes. So 
I don't have a whole lot of confidence in him, and I don't have a whole lot of confidence that the Yankees will win tonight. And if it does end tonight, there's no other way to say it. If you go out after winning game one the way you did, the way it looked like you were rolling, and you get a little adversity, and and the narrative building of game two changing the momentum, I'm sorry, it just makes the Yankees as a team look soft. One thing goes against you. One bad decision goes wrong, and you fold like a cheap tent. No matter how big you think that, that decision was, to go with Garcia as the opener and then go to Hap. It was a dumb decision. We all pointed it out. Everybody agrees outside of the Yankees themselves. But you have to be able to respond from that. And as, as bad as it was, it was game two of a best-of-five series. And even the series, and even in that game, as we pointed out yesterday, you had opportunities in that game, in the ninth inning, with runners on and your big bat coming up and did not perform. So to me, it feels like narrative building that people are going to now point back to game two is the reason you lost the series. There's a whole lot more reasons that you lost the series. And if you're not honest about it, especially as a Yankee organization, that's going to have to have some changes if this season ends tonight, then I think that you're probably going to be focused on the wrong things because game three you were terrible, and we'll see how Game 4 goes tonight. one 800 919 espn one 800 and also robo-umps. We need robo-umps as soon as possible. Let's get a couple more calls in here before we run out of time. John is in uh, West Babylon. John, what's going on, man? Hey, Gordon David, Michael K. Trivia champion. But Thank you, my friend. I was going to say, I, I think the Yankees, for a manager, they get rid of Boone, they got to try to find someone a little more old school, someone who has a little better baseball feeling like, where if they say, oh, they've gone through the lineup twice, we've got to get this pitcher out of here. But if the pitcher's on a roll, he's got to be like, nah, let him keep pitching. Well, look, John, the reason why they uh, went with the decision they did to move off Joe Girardi, and I was you know, pretty vocal at the time, I think most people were, and John, thanks for the call, was that uh, they wanted a more collaborative process. Brian Cashman, who fills up time talking all the time, right? And, and, and you come away listening to his answers, and you're like, what, what, what was that? And he goes on for uh, He told you. He, he, that's one of the times where he actually told you, we want a collaborative process. We want the front office to dictate the decisions and them to simply be carried out by the manager. They don't really want the manager having a big hand in the actual decision. They want the front office to be the ones making that call. So th- it, it's pretty clear at this point. In 2017... When the Yankees got to within one game of the World Series, if I would have told you then that by 2020, three years, they had still not won or even attended a World Series, you would have said whatever decisions made from that point forward in 2017 were a mistake. This is three years now, and it doesn't feel like anybody feels like Aaron Boone was the right guy then, and they certainly don't feel like he was the right guy now. So I don't blame him exclusively for the, the, the decision in Game 2 or this thing or that thing. But going into tonight, don't have a whole lot of faith in him, and I don't have a whole lot of faith in the Yankees. I hope they prove me wrong. That's going to do it for today. Already we're out of time. Gordon Damer will be back tomorrow at 5, hopefully with a happier show. It's 98.7 FM ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.